the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is pre-recorded. This is the Paul George Real Estate Show with your host, Paul George. Sponsored by the Paul George Real Estate Group. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, staff, management, or advertisers. And now, here's your host, Paul George. Welcome to the Paul George Real Estate Show. I am your host, Paul George. I'm a 30-year real estate agent who helps represent people who buy, sell, and build homes in the uh, central Ohio area. Today, we are going to talk about one of my favorite subjects. And when I say that, I mean it's just thing something that I'm very interested in, but it is certainly going to be affecting what's going on in our area. Um we're going to talk about some of the projects, some of the new businesses, and some of the growth that's coming to the Columbus metro area. You know, if you're not paying attention, you may not know what's going on, but if you're driving around, you are seeing activity here. Um, if, you know, if you don't know it, you're going to know it because Columbus is not only going to become a major player in the Midwest, but more so without the world, around the world. Uh, companies from all over the world are starting to see what Columbus has to offer and organizations like uh, One Columbus, Jobs Ohio, even um, Experience Columbus. And they have worked with government to make our region one of the most attractive places to live and work and uh, put a business here. Um, and it's not just, like I say, in the Midwest, but and not even just in the country. We are now getting attractions worldwide. Uh, and again, keep an eye on things. You you probably feel a little bit of things going on around here, but again, I keep telling people you have no idea what's coming. Um, Columbus used to be known as kind of the, a cow town, I guess. We used to be known as a cow town. And other than that and the Buckeyes, um, we weren't, we were just kind of a flyover state. Uh, in the eyes of the world, though, we are attracting more and more people because of our one, you know, our location, our educated workforce, Ohio state really helps out a lot. Um, we are also a logistic hub, you know, Columbus is accessible to about 60% of the entire population of the United States within a day. I mean, if a truck had to leave here in Columbus, they have access to 60% of the population. So this makes us a nice little hub here. You know, we're also home to, I think, six or seven Fortune 500 companies. They have their world headquarters here. Um, you know, so we've always already had a lot of momentum with economic growth here with, um, you know, we know about Honda and Chase and Nationwide. But uh, with the announcement of Intel, that was the game changer. Uh, Columbus beat out at least over a thousand other locations that kind of put in bids and things like that, uh, for the Intel, uh, fabrication plant. And that is an initial $20 billion investment. And that could reach a hundred billion dollars. And that's billion with a B. Um, to give you a little bit of perspective on that, Honda has been over here for 40 years. Uh, they've been out in Marysville and some of the areas, their total investment so far has been about 4.2 billion. And again, Intel is starting off with 20 billion. So again, I just want to make sure that you understand the gravity of what's coming here just with not only that, but there's so many other projects we're going to talk about a little bit as well, too. So I'm going to touch on some of those. And a lot of this has been research that I have done sitting through a lot of presentations, through a lot of chamber of commerce things. Um, we've had a lot of different people that have come to real estate groups because we have, we are going to be a major player within this. And the only thing that can slow down this growth, and we're going to talk about this is 
housing and affordable housing. Um, that's kind of why I wanted to make this presentation. I don't have a guest today. Usually I have a guest, but this is something I'm so interested in. There's so much information. I just wanted to get it all out there and maybe hopefully come up with some solutions. Um, the resources for this show has come from, like I said, a lot of research from sitting through a lot of presentations. I get a lot from business first. Um, earlier in one of the episodes, I had Bonnie Mebers from uh, Business First here. They've been a great source of information as to some of the businesses that are locating here, as well as some of the challenges that they're having. I've also listened to Kenny McDonald. Uh, he's the CEO of Columbus Partnership. Betsy Goldstein, if you've never heard of her, she does presentations on Intel and what's going on here. She, that is probably the most interesting thing I get. If I, you know, she is so popular these days. She just started out as somebody who worked in, I think it was a uh, architectural firms for some of the places, but she did her research. And next thing you know, everybody wanted to know what's coming. And she does a great presentation. Uh, if you ever have that chance, whether it's through, um, gosh, she does library group. She does chamber of commerce. She does, you know, city of Columbus uh, presentations. You need to see her. Uh, she does a lot better than I do trying to explain the gravity of what's coming here. Um, I've also listened to a few um, economic people. Dr. Ted Jones, he's a national economist. He specializes in the housing sector. Um, I've had people on my show, John Melkai from the um, BIA. He's the CEO of the BIA. And they commissioned a white paper of uh, some of the challenges we have and maybe some of the solutions. I'm going to be referencing that a little bit in this show as well. Uh, Brent Swander from Columbus Board. Um, He's our CEO, but before that, he was in government relations. And I think next week we have a couple of weeks, we have a government relations person as it has to do with housing in our area because, again, I see that as a big challenge. Um, so I want to give them all credit for this because it's certainly not mine. No idea is original. Um, I just gather information and try to get it out to you. So when we come back, um, we are going to get into some of the projects that are happening around here. Um, and again, you will be shocked. And I'm just going to touch on a few of them, some of the bigger ones and some of the things you might be seeing. You're driving around the city and you're seeing some of these cranes or you're seeing a lot of um, uh, freeways being blocked off or at least lanes because there's so much big equipment coming in here. Uh, I'm going to kind of go over some of those and what it means to you and me and what it means five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road for Columbus, because again, we are going through a big change here. Um, as I tell you every week after this show, we, this turns into a podcast. And, uh, last week I had, I think it was, uh, down payment assistance programs. And what I've done is I've sent that program out to a lot of first time home buyers and I'm getting a huge reaction on that. So if you get a chance, look us up on iTunes, Paul George Real Estate Show, and uh, take a listen. We'll be right back. Navigating the complexities of the current real estate market can be a daunting task. Fortunately, you have a trusted ally, the Paul George Group of Keller Williams Greater Columbus Realty. From the moment you start your journey, the Paul George Group with over 30 years of experience will be right beside you, guiding you through every step of the process, whether it's finding the perfect home or building, skillfully negotiating on your behalf, working with lenders, managing inspections, or handling title matters, their expertise ensures your best interests are always at heart. Don't hesitate to take the first step towards your real estate goals. Reach out to the Paul George Group for a no-obligation consultation. Call 614-570-2853. That's 614-570-2853. Or email paul at paulgeorgerealestate.com. When it comes to making informed decisions in the real estate world, trust the Paul George Group to lead the way. Submit your questions for the show to paul at paulgeorgerealestate.com. That's paul at paulgeorgerealestate.com. Now back to your host, Paul George. Welcome back to the Paul George Real Estate Show. Hey, remember to give us a like on Facebook. Uh, just go to Facebook and look up the Paul George Group. 
um, and give us a follow if you can. There's a lot of good information. We kind of re- recalibrate uh, what's going on, you know, week by week. I mean, the housing market changes all the time. You know, I can't tell you how many times people come up and ask me, hey, how's real estate going? And it changes all the time. You know, we were taught to say, yeah, it's great. Uh, no, you know, and I'll tell you the truth. I'll say, okay, it's a little flat right now. Um, we all know that we have challenges right now with inventory. Um, we're going to address some of those ways to combat that. But um, give us a like if you get a chance. Uh, you can also look us up on uh, my website. One of them is halfthebeatles.com or the Paul George Real Estate Group.com. That probably is the best source for where to find us and some of the things that we're going over on the, some of these shows. Um, so let's start this segment off by talking about some of the projects that are coming and going on in our area that you may or may not know about. Um, I'm going to be talking about a lot of the new um projects that are attracting new jobs and a lot of these new jobs can't be filled with our current populations so we're going to be getting an influx of people that will be new to our area and we're trying to figure out how to keep them here how they can afford it uh, some of the attractions and things like that Uh, just some numbers and again these are from some studies um, between the builders as well as the city of columbus um, the metro area, uh, one Columbus jobs, Ohio, those kind of people. So by 2050, we're expecting at least another 800,000 people here, um, to come to our metro area. That is a big influx of people. Um, they are coming in for new jobs or support of these new jobs or, you know, and again, Intel is one of the many, but that's probably the biggest and it probably has the biggest multiplier effect. When I say multiplier effect for, they say for each job that Intel brings in, it's going to mean 13 other jobs in support of those kind of things. Um, a normal multiplier effect is when a new job comes in for, uh, let's say a hospital or something like that that's starting from ground up. It's about a five to six person multiplier effect. So for every job, you're going to see about 13 new jobs just from the Intel. Uh, for every other job, a support job, you're going to see one out of six, maybe. So I'm going to go, I'm going in the future, I'm going to be doing a full show on the Intel uh, project and its impact. Um, but for now, I want to give a few of the highlights. Um, again, some of you people may know some of this and some of you hear things, but I want to go a little bit into what it really means. Um, the Intel right now is planned to build two fabrication plants. Uh, fabrication just means that there's going to be two different plants that are going to be building chips. And we know computer chips are in everything now. I forget how many thousand chips are now in a car. Uh, there's chips in refrigerators. There's chips in hospital beds. Um, shoot, there's chips in, we know they're in phones and things like that. But we need to make more chips and really important. We need to make them here. And the government has gotten behind, okay, we can't trust other countries to make chips for us. One of the most important things that we do is we make chips for our own defense. Um, and if you think that through a little bit, if China's making chips for our uh, missiles and guns and things like that, how safe is that going to be? So the United States has made a big push to start manufacturing more chips here, and that's why we have a thing called the Chips Act and why we're subsidizing a lot of this stuff. Um, so that's one of the important things and one of the reasons why Intel is locating here. Um, the Intel plant is it's scheduled to be up and running. Now it's like 2026 or 2027. It got pushed back a little bit, and for every project this size, it doesn't surprise me or surprise anybody anymore. Um, the plant itself is going to be employing up to probably 7,000 construction workers. When it's at its peak, there will be 7,000 different people there. And to give you some perspective, the largest project we've had here in the Columbus area was um, downtown at lower.com field. Um, they had about 1,500 at the time. So we're going to be having more than four times the amount of workers out on that site. And when you get that many people there, 
you know, you're going to need a lot of housing. You're going to need a lot of temporary housing. Some of these jobs are going to be permanent. They're going to be, they say there's going to be another 2,000 people that'll be supporting, whether it's through um, janitorial, whether it's through window washers, whether it's through building maintenance. There's all kinds of things, and that's just for that plant. And we know that there's going to be support people coming for that. The plant itself is going to employ about 3,000 workers. And the the interesting thing, the nice thing about this, the average salary of those workers is going to be about 130000 a year. That's in today's dollars. So, you know, when, as I mentioned, the initial investment is $20 billion. And, again, some more perspective on that is that the plant is located in the northeast quadrant. It's going to be in Licking County, just north of uh, New Albany. I call it north of New Albany, but New Albany has been um, – they've been annexing a lot of areas up in there and there's reasons for that. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but just to give you an idea, they're spending $20 billion there. Um, the Licking County auditor, when they did the taxes, property taxes for this past year, you know, when you add up every single parcel in Licking County, that adds up to about seven, what is it? 5.7 billion. So Intel is going to, fourfold the increase in value of what's going on in Licking County. That's just for their plant. Um, 5.7 billion. One plant is going to be 20 billion. So I think, again, people just don't understand the work that it took to get this monumental project here. And people from all over the country, let alone the world, are noticing that Columbus, Ohio is now on the map. The other interesting thing is if you happen to drive up around there, you'll notice that the Intel plant is one of many things that are going on up there. Um, Google and Microsoft and Amazon, I think we all know those names. They are investing in data centers and education centers and things like that. They have another $10 billion that they are investing in the area as well. And these are big names. Um, you know, some other things that, you know, it's – sexy to hear Google and Microsoft and Amazon, you know, there's other projects that have been here a while, you know, Honda and LG are, they combine, they're building a new EV plant that is down towards uh, Jeffersonville. If you go down by the outlet malls there, you will see this big monstrosity of a structure out there and they are going to be building, they're going to be making batteries down there. They're going to be making them for Hondas and some other things as well. But it's, it's again, that's down in Fayette County. This other is in Licking County. So there's so many people coming in that they're going to be living somewhere, and all these areas in between are going to start filling in. Um, you know, along with that, if I talked about the Honda plant, that's just for batteries. They are retooling their Marysville plant to make electric cars only. They're going to be adding jobs up there as well, too. Um, and just to take a step back, a lot of people were telling me that, okay, the Honda plant is going to be moving. How many people are they moving from Marysville down to this new plant where they're building batteries? None. Those are 2,200 jobs that are going to be coming down to that uh, Fayette County plant, uh, the EV plant. Those are all brand-new jobs. And, again, there's a multiplier effect when it comes to that. Um, some other businesses that uh, Jobs Ohio and – the state of Ohio has made a good job of attracting some people is that there's, um, gosh, Pharmavite. Uh, they're adding 200 jobs. Illuminate, who builds these solar plant panels, uh, they're going to be in Pataskali. They're adding another 850 jobs or so. ADS, you know, they've been here a while, but they are expanding their headquarters in Hilliard. Um, actually, they're opening up a brand-new headquarters area in Hilliard. If you go by 270, you're going to see a lot of activity in the Hilliard side going on over there. I had to get some water there. I'm talking too much. Um, one Columbus had said over last year, I think they had, I think 12,000 jobs pledged. Um, that's an anomaly, but that's because of the Intel plant and some of these others. When I say pledged, that means jobs are coming. Um, they average about 6,000 new jobs a year for gosh, the foreseeable future. Um, and it's not just those kind of things we're talking about manufacturing. The biogen plants, um, uh, they're becoming a major player. Insurance and finance and logistics warehouses, they've always been an anchor here. 
but they just keep expanding. And, you know, by the way, uh, if you go around 270, you get off at 670, you see our nice little sleepy airport there. Um, it looks like it's going to happen. We're going to have a new airport or a new terminal uh, here in Columbus. Uh, with all this stuff coming, you know, we were behind anyway. Um, it's nice because of I love going to the airport and going to Florida, and I can get there less than an hour early, and I can get on. It's this nice little, you know, nobody knows about just let's keep it under the radar airport. Well, that's going to be changing. Uh, we are going to have a state-of-the-art airport. Um, they're investing over $2 billion on that. And when I say an airport, again, I, get, I guess I just mean terminal. Where you know the airport is right now, that's going to be gone. Uh, where if you go by there and if you know the, I think it's the red lots and the blue lots there, that's where the new terminal is going to be. And again, it's going to be state-of-the-art. Um, you will be able to get something to eat before you go check your bags uh, you'll get things a lot more to eat once you do get in past security. Um, you will be having a lot more areas where we're going to have some direct flights to. Um, there's just so much like that that I think that, again, I don't think people understand what's going on there. Um, you know, if you look around and go around 270, and I just use that as an example, you can't go anywhere without seeing cranes going up. Uh, we still have plenty of buildings going up for healthcare and hospitals and, you know, they're, they can't build senior living facilities uh, fast enough. Um, again, just so much more like that going on. Hey, just as a reminder, I, again, this is the Paul George Real Estate Show. I am Paul George, and we are talking about some of the projects coming, and then we're going to lead into some of the challenges all this growth brings and maybe some of the things that are going to slow us down a little bit. Um so with that, I do want to get back to, again, I went over some of the big projects. And again, I've just touched, scratched the surface that with that. Uh, some of the other fun things, though, that, you know, if you're out and about, you may know about this a little bit. But at the end of the day, we're still trying to attract people here and, and we want them to stay here. And what's going up, there's a lot of fun lifestyle projects. I don't know how to call that. They're going up everywhere. You know, with the idea is we want something walkable, something we can call a community, something that we can call our own and make it unique. Um, if you go downtown, the if you haven't heard of it or seen it, the Scioto Peninsula is just teeming with activity right now. Um, there's gravity, I think it's called over there. There's a, a an event area there that that seems to be always something going on. Uh, during the week and on the weekends, especially. Um, again, you go around 270, you'll see, I think, Truman Point. That's going to be a whole new entertainment area as well as residences. And like I said, ADS, I think, is um, going over there. There's going to be some new retail there. If you go up by Polaris, you guys know what's going on there. But there's a new building up there. It's called Re Real Dill, I think it is, something like that. But it's Pickleball. Uh, and around that, there's going to be some retail as well as some housing on that side. Uh, one of the neat, neat things to keep an eye out on is in the short north, where the north market is. You know, that pretty much they tore that down. Um, they are building the merchant building there in the short north, and it's going to be a real neat tower of residences. It's going to be a little bit of office space, but but basically they're bringing back the north market with all the unique shops and the local businesses that they have there. Um, we kind of know about Bridge, Bridge Park, but again, we're just seeing the beginnings of that. Um, there's more residences going there, but there's a lot more retail and there's restaurants and things. They kind of got a North Market in there as well, uh, where you can go eat at 10 different places if you want to in a day. Um, you know, Whitehall, you know, sleepy old Whitehall, they have a three, I think it's $300 million project that's going to be a gateway project that's uh, going to change the entry of how you get in and out of Whitehall and change that whole area there. So when you go into like Broad and Hamilton, that corner, that's all going to be all brand new. It's going to be an entertainment area. Um, it's going to be retail. Um, you know, I mentioned Hilliard a little bit. Go to downtown Hilliard. If you haven't been there in a while, there is a North Market type thing in there with a bunch of different shops. There's a brewery. 
Um, heck, there's an amphitheater. They always have bands there in the summer and things. But again, that's expanding. They also have an area coming, I think it's off of Cosgrade, that is in the plans. Um, it's going to be changing a little bit. Uh, if you go through, gosh, Upper Arlington, uh, you go down Lane and Tremont, they found a way to build up. You know, Upper Arlington is landlocked, so they have one way to go, and that's up. Um, Grove City's got a great walkable area that, uh, you know, if you go the old Beulah Park there, they've got some housing there, but you can walk or take a bike ride there and go downtown to Grove City that has a, you know, they've got a brewery down there. They've got, I think it's Little Theater off Broadway. Um, it's kind of neat there. Um, even my beloved West Side, you know, where I grew up, it's been kind of, uh, Black eyed for a long time, you know, the casinos really helped, but they're getting a brand new hotel there. I think they're spending a hundred million dollars on that hotel. So, you know, again, I haven't scratched the surface yet. In future episodes, we are going to have representatives from Westerville, Worthington, Hilliard, Gahanna. The, we're going to have the economic people kind of telling us what is attracting people down there and how they're going to attract some of these new people that are coming in from out of town. So in the next segment, though, we are going to go over some of the challenges that comes with some of this growth and number one being housing. So when we come back, um, we're going to talk about housing. And again, if you have any questions, always email us at paul at paulgeorgerealestate.com. We'll be right back. Visit the Paul George Real Estate Group at paulgeorgerealestate.com. That's paulgeorgerealestate.com. Now back to your host, Paul George. Welcome back to the Paul George Real Estate Show. Again, I'm your host, Paul George. And we are talking today about the growth that's coming to our area uh, on top of what we've already started. It's going to happen exponentially here. With that, uh, it brings its challenges, and especially with a stable group or an aging population like myself is nobody likes change. It seems like, and, uh, I, am one of those, but you can't get in the way of progress. And my hope is, is that we will, we see this coming and we can do this smartly. And, um, that's what, you know, it lies in front of us is how do we start educating people as to what's coming and how can we do this smartly? We can't just turn our backs on them and say, I don't want this here. We're not going to do this because, you know, Intel's got a big checkbook. Uh, <laughs> they can, they can uh, turn a lot of heads by throwing money at people. But, uh, I, I do think they're doing it the right way with, you know, they're not just coming here to build a plant. They are coming here to be a part of the community. Um, and I've seen them already, um, put up tons of money for education. They have um, put up all kinds of, um, like I say, they are looking to put money into the schools. They're looking to put money into the trades. Uh, so it's not just going to be the people that are working there. They are building a lifetime. When they see an elementary school, they see future workers uh, there. And again, they are trying to teach them certain trades that they are going to need and they will make a good living at it. So, but again, when you see the big, you know, big Intel company or some of these big companies coming in, you just uh, have your arms crossed and say, okay, what are they up to kind of things. And again, that's what education is all about. And that's what we are going to talk about. Um, again, some of the challenges with all this growth, um, we have a lot of smart people here. And the smart people are understanding what's coming, but sometimes when you get so many different entities involved and then you get personal with a lot of people, when I say personal, you're talking about their homes and changing. And like I say, we do not have um, enough time to be able to go over everybody's personal situation. But when you start to put these personal situations together with uh, groups of other people, you start getting this group think, and it's sometimes it's very hard to overcome some of the challenges, even though we know they're right there. Um, you know, some of the challenges with all these businesses and all these people coming are the ones that we know about, you know, we know we're going to need more water. Intel is, they need a ton of water. And that's why New Albany has basically annexed a lot of it in because they can provide water. The nice thing about Intel is they recycle a lot of their water. Um, once they have it, they have it, but, um, you know, there's always going to be challenges of that. There's going to be challenges with electric, 
you know, our grid right now is not big enough to, it's big enough right now to handle what is coming. But if you multiply that on what's coming in the next 10 years, we don't. So we're going to have to figure out a way either via technology or some sort of energy resources that we are going to need. If not, again, all this is going to slow down our growth or slow things down to a point where uh, it may stop. Um, I can't imagine that, but it's very possible. And I'll give you some examples of where that's happened. Um, even with, um, you know, OSU and a growing population, we know we need more workers here, uh, not just from organic areas of Columbus. We need to bring them in from other parts of the country, let alone world. Um, but we're all good. We're going to need them for the, for the plants themselves, but we're also going to need all the support people. We're going to need trades people. We're going to need um, dentists. We're going to need vets. We're going to need somebody to walk your dog. Um, speaking of trades, and I mentioned this episodes before, if you need something done to your home, um, you know you want to do a remodel of your home or you know you need some electrical work done, you know, when all of this stuff really starts kicking in, they're going to go to the highest bidder and, you know, housing prices are going to go up because they have to pay more for electricians. Um, you know, I gave the example to somebody that says, you know, if you're an electrician and you can go to somebody's home and make $30 an hour, work at a one building and make $30 an hour, Intel's coming in here, they're going to pay $50 an hour. So what that's going to do is make those kind of trades scarce. If you want something done or you need something done to your home, uh, whether it's landscaping, whether it's um, remodels, whether it's flooring, uh, whether it's things like that, you're going to need do it now, I guess is what I'm going to say. As hard as it is to find somebody that's good to come to your house uh, to do work, it's going to be even harder in the future. So think about that and do that uh, now. Um, you know, one of the other challenges we're going to see is transportation. Um, we have nice little back roads here and things. But if you go up by the Intel plant right now, those are two lane country roads. They are already working on expanding those. Uh, one of the main arteries over there is 161. If you ever go um, east on 161, you know that there's a lot of construction already. Once they get that widening done, they already have another phase of another widening that's coming. Um, we are looking at bypasses. You know, anytime that Rickenbacker is going to be a big hub for some of the things that uh, some of the Intel and some of their suppliers need. So we need a route to go from that, the southeast or the south, all the way up to the northeast. And right now you have to go 270, but we are looking for other ways and whether it's, it's some sort of bypass, whether it's 310, they're, they're, they're looking for that right now. They're looking for ways to do that. And it's not easy to just you can't just build a road or build uh start widening roads without a lot of infrastructure and other things that happen so keep an eye on that um you know the dirty little secret is people are talking about an outer outer belt we don't have that <laughs> yet but if we ever do get a bypass from that goes east of 270 from Rickenbacker State up to Intel um I can see that being a start of something, probably not in my lifetime, but I can see that happening. If you look at other areas uh, around the country, metro areas like Dallas or Houston or Charlotte, uh, Houston especially, they have an outer outer belt. Um, and all that does is fill in, fill in with homes, fill in with businesses and things. Again, those are things that are coming. Um, with all this influx of industry and people, they still need a place to go home and sleep at night. Um, that's our biggest challenge right now, and that is the only thing that can slow down this this sustained growth that we are going to have. They're going to come one way or another. Um, and what happens then is that all these people are coming, and we don't have a place to put them. So what does that do? That's, it's economics. It puts more pressure on stuff that's already here, and it puts pressure on us to build more than what we already have. You know, I mentioned, um, I talked to, not talked to, but I listened to Ken McDonald. And, you know, he's worried about things that might uh, slow us down. And he has talked about, 
you know, we are going to stop uh, if we don't do something about the housing. And a good example that he uses and some other people use is that if you go around rural areas of the state of Ohio, we are actually losing population. Um, you go to some of these small towns, you know, if it wasn't for Columbus, we would have negative population in the state of Ohio. Columbus is taking care of all the influx of people that are coming here. They're not going to, other than a little bit in Cincinnati and less in Cleveland, our small towns are losing people and they're losing people here. So with that, you know, he says that, you know, the issue that is coming up over the last five years, uh, when they go to talk to businesses relocating here, their biggest main concern is housing. Where are we going to put all of our workers? Um, and not only just housing as to sticks and bricks, it is the affordability of housing because we are so far behind, um, we are trying to catch up. And when we try to catch up, uh, that just keeps things still expensive and we've got to have some some results, uh, some answers to how to keep it done and that's where the clash comes in. Um, just to give you some numbers, we need about um, 18,000 units. When I say 18,000 units with a projected population that's coming, we need 18,000 apartments. We need 18,000 homes. We need 18,000 places for people to go. And right now we are permitting about 13,000 a year. That's up a little bit, but um, that's one of the reasons why housing is getting so expensive here. And, we are losing our momentum, but we're also losing to our sister cities like Indianapolis and, you know, Austin, Texas is just growing like anything. Uh, Charlotte is one of those there. And some of the reasons for these issues, the number one reason is, and again, people don't like to use this word, but it is forefront, but, you know, nobody likes to admit it. it's nimbyism, which is not in my backyard. People understand there's a problem. Um, they understand that there's a problem, but they don't want to try to solve it if it's close to them. Um, we have to address this problem. And, you know, when you have zoning that, you know, people are complaining, okay, we only want one or two houses per acre. That's just not sustainable. Um, I see both sides of it. People don't want to, again, they want their own land and things like that. And that's fine as long as you want to go out. But if you think this through a little bit a lot of people complain like we don't want this urban sprawl and things and if you start doing one or two houses per acre um that just doesn't make a lot of sense if that means you need to use more land to do that and i say that because of if you can put a apartment building on you know two acres of land and house a hundred people okay you've used two acres of land for a hundred people if you want to do a hundred houses, you need 50 acres of land. So you're just using more and more of this farmland and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So they're trying to address this in certain ways. And Columbus is doing a, they understand it. They get it. They have a lot of uh, things going in their favor where they can be nimble and make this happen. Um, they are right now, they're in the process of rewriting their zoning laws. And I think they're take, still taking comments from the public on how to get some more higher dens density housing. And they are addressing it by listening to you in trying to do it in prudent ways that we don't lose businesses or lose a tax base. We don't lose people to some of these other places that we're talking about. We got a lot of things going against us here. And I'm going to talk a little bit about those. Um, uh, but they're addressing it through tax abatements, they're addressing it through uh, tax incentives, they're addressing it through TIFs. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about is Ohio is at a disadvantage because we have a thing called home rule here where, among other things, townships are allowed to regulate zoning, whereas most other states, the state actually regulates zoning. And they have a, there's two different kind of rules. There's uh, and again, I don't want to go into the weeds too much, but home rule just says that, you know, we have 1300 townships here in Ohio and I think six of them are 600 or so have their own zoning. And it's very hard to get people on the same page when it comes to zoning. And it gets very personal 
when, you know, I live in Genoa Township and it gets, you will get the group think that comes out and says, we don't want this here. And that's one of the challenges we have to overcome. And one of the ways to do that, I think, is to try to have some conversations about some uniform zoning where we can smartly allow some of this higher density stuff, whether it's, it's not going to be in the middle of a, a, a rural, a residential area, but we can put it on the outskirts and things. Uh, we do need to have that conversation. Um, the nice thing too is that, um, the city of Columbus recognizes this and they have some areas that they've designated. If you look at certain areas like, um, uh, up and down Broad Street, you know, Broad Street has a challenge that, you know, you have a lot of historical homes and it's hard to move a historical home or change the zoning of that. But if you go up to places like, um, Sawmill Road, there is not necessarily a lot of residential right on Sawmill Road. So they have some opportunities to create some higher density stuff that is along these transportation corridors where people can get on a bus and go to work and go downtown from there. Um, there's areas like that, that again, they're discussing how this is going to work, but again, we have need to have that conversation. You know, some other areas that we are at a disadvantage of, um, we all know this, we all feel it is we are probably one of the higher areas for property taxes. When I say that it costs more for a, $300,000 home property taxes here as compared to um, North Carolina or Indiana. Um, they have much lower property taxes than Ohio does. We are probably almost double what they are. And, you know, we can go into the weeds again on because we need to support our schools. We spend more money on our school kids than those places do too. And they have lower property taxes. They fund them a little bit differently, but for the most part it happens. You know, we have some permitting uh, challenges here. Um, if a development people, they had a situation where, okay, we've been okay to develop an area. It could take nine months. It can take a year to get it approved. We need to do that a lot quicker. Um, again, these are just some of the challenges that we have. But when I come back, I'm going to quote one of the white papers that has been recently put out they came up with some suggestions we're going to go over some suggestions as to how we can make this equitable how we can keep attracting people um again it all starts with a conversation and that's what we're trying to do now is start to start to have that conversation how we can accommodate uh, all these businesses and people that are coming without losing uh our way of life here too so when we come back, we are going to talk about some of the solutions real quick, and we will uh, listen to your input on that as well, too. We'll be right back. Navigating the complexities of the current real estate market can be a daunting task. Fortunately, you have a trusted ally, the Paul George Group of Keller Williams Greater Columbus Realty. From the moment you start your journey, the Paul George Group with over 30 years of experience will be right beside you, guiding you through every step of the process, whether it's finding the perfect home or building, skillfully negotiating on your behalf, working with lenders, managing inspections, or handling title matters, their expertise in ensures your best interests are always at heart. Don't hesitate to take the first step towards your real estate goals. Reach out to the Paul George Group for a no-obligation consultation. Call 614-570-2853. That's 614-570-2853. Or email paul at paulgeorgerealestate.com. When it comes to making informed decisions in the real estate world, trust the Paul George Group to lead the way. Submit your questions for the show to Paul at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. That's Paul at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. Now back to your host, Paul George. Welcome back to the Paul George Real Estate Show. Again, I'm your host, Paul George. We are talking about oh a whole plethora of things where it comes to growth, and it's one of those things that nobody wants to talk about because they don't want it here. But it's coming and we're trying to address it in a prudent way and to try to get different entities from the city of Columbus, from the different townships, from, you know, your friend who owns a hundred acre farm that they 
they want to sell it because they can get some money out of it. But there's also the other side of that generational farm where, hey, it's been in my family for five generations. I don't want to sell it. We have to find out a way to make both of those things work um, because we do have people coming and we want them to help subsidize some of the nice things that we have. And they do that through property taxes and um, things like that. So, um so how do we get people to accept what's coming? And again, I think the first thing we do is have this conversation. Sometimes it goes faster than what we want, but we we know we have a shortage of homes. We know housing prices are going up faster than wages and salaries. We know we have a shortage of affordable homes and attainable homes. And if we don't address these problems, again, Columbus is going to lose its economic development momentum that we have right now. Um the other part of that is, you know, get on any of the, you go down the rabbit hole, Facebook or some of the blog sites and things like that. A lot of people are saying, well, great. We don't want you people here anyway. Um, when that happens, though, it turns into places that people don't want to locate here. And when you get that, you get boarded up places. You get uh, towns that, you know, there's no businesses to support the people to make a living there. We are not anywhere close to that, but certain areas could be if we get on the outskirts and we don't allow for growth in some of those areas because we are busting at the seams that we are right here. It's, you know, you can't go anywhere downtown or anywhere around 270 without a crane and you see all these new things going up. And again, I'm trying to tell people that's still not enough. You know, I gave you some numbers before. We're probably 5,000 units short every year. Um, and I only think that's going to get worse. Um, and again, we've got to address that in certain ways. Um, I do want to focus on some of the ways we can make it affordable as well, too. Um, you know, I kind of mentioned before about, you know, two houses per acre. Okay. Let's say you do do that. And those houses are going to be out of reach for a lot of people. So that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And the only way to go back to it is build apartments or build nice, um, uh, condos or something that is a little higher in density than what we are used to. So again, how do we address this? How do we do make it attractive for builders to build or make it attractive so we can build low income housing or something like that? Um, they've got a lot of ideas on the books. And again, this white paper came up with, I think, 14 different suggestions. And I'm not going to go through them all because a lot of it's over my head. Uh, a lot of it's government reform. Um, it takes a lot of, uh, know how to make sure we know how this works, but certain things that we can do, you know, the state has a lot of money that they are offering as incentive. You know, we all know about tax abatements for these big companies and things. Um, you know, what people don't know is um, like these data centers and things, they don't have a whole lot of employees there. They have, but they do have a tax base. And even when they get the tax abatements on there, they are still making payments to schools so, and they don't use any resources for the schools, meaning that they don't have any kids that are going to be using those schools. So tax abatements are a great uh, way for attracting people here and doing it on such a basis that uh, it's temporary. You know, city of Columbus, they're, they're trying to do tax abatements now on everywhere in the city before they have certain zones they were targeting um, in, uh, areas that, you know, you're saying, okay, the houses are dilapidated. We'll give you a tax break if you fix these places up. Well, now the city of Columbus is looking at doing that to anything that does, um, that converts things from maybe a single family to a four family. Um, there's, they are looking to do this. And again, this is to incentivize people to, um, build something a little higher density where it is allowed. They are also trying to hire, more people in the zoning department to get these permits done a lot quicker than they used to. Um, Mayor Ginther has, I think, given a mandate basically saying, hey, we need more people to get this done sooner. They understand it. Um, they, like, I get again, as much as I'm not crazy about Columbus politics, they are recognizing the problem and doing something about it. Um, I think the governor and the state has to get involved in the home rule situation that I talked about whereas too many townships have the ability to make zoning laws that even if they are on the books that they are allowed, the the laws 
say it's okay to have a referendum for that, meaning that, hey, we change our mind if we get enough people to vote on it. We have to change that saying that just because of you get a group of people that says that even though the law says it was correct, they can come back and say, we don't want it here. Um, those referendums need to be addressed to see if there's something we can do about that. Um, Ohio has a, uh, oh gosh, I forget how you, it's T-Mood is what it's called, but basically it is a tax uh, incentive for multifamily that is, it's got like $400 million and there's been things that have been assigned, but that runs out in next year. They need to expand that and make that go further because that's been a great project. If you look at the um, where the Kroger Bakery was in the short north, um, they are converting that over to residences. And the only way they could do that is they got this tax incentive from uh, the state. And that's what part of that T-Mood does. And, again, I wish I could remember the exact what that means. But it's uh, one of those things where um, – Ohio is incentivizing people to do some the higher density stuff like that. Um, you know, all these things that I'm talking about, we have situations where I just had a client well, it was last year. Uh, my previous life, we had a little grocery store in Worthington called the Home Market. And one of the people that worked for us, their parents lived there on New England. And they just recently came back and said, okay, I'm moving back in. I'm married now. I have a kid. I want to move back to where I grew up at. Unfortunately, they can't afford to do that. And that's was the eye-opener to me is that people who grew up in this area, if things go the way they are, they can't afford to move back to where they grew up. And that's what they want to do. And those are the issues we need to address. So... Again, I just touched the surface on this, but keep an eye out on things and try to be open to some of the suggestions that are coming out to do some more affordable housing and more higher density housing. So with that, we will talk to you next week. This has been the Paul George Real Estate Show with your host, Paul George, sponsored by the Paul George Real Estate Group. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, staff, management, or advertisers. Tune in next week for an all-new episode of the Paul George Real Estate Show, and follow Paul online at paulgeorgerealestate.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.